Okay, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Week. BT Dubs, BT, Quarantine that's Edition. That's right, BT Dubs. This is the Quarantine Edition, uh, the only, well, I guess, restaurant <laughs> quarantine podcast uh, you'll ever need, brought to you by two super self-unemployed... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> self-proclaimed and, and and assuredly unemployed restaurant industry lifers trying yeah that's what yeah. i was trying to say <laughs> we're doing this yep, for us yep. and hopefully Absolutely. you like it too um, um so things are different things are uh you know obviously the world is a very different place um than it was to actually I, today is for me it's day 14 of quarantine so i've officially survived the like two week um, Congrats, here. man. I'm and, two days ahead of you. I've been in Massachusetts right. in my dad's house with my step family and all of the animals for 16 days. And you know what? It's kind of flown by. Yeah, same. It's gone by like way faster than yeah. I would have thought. It, like, it does not feel like two weeks um, at all. My dad having a, a, a we, a we, you, which what a horrible name for, for a thing, first of all. Like who wants yeah. to say we? So you a Nintendo we, the you yeah. version. <laughs> but I was in my teen years. I've never been a big gamer, but um, the only video game I've ever like fallen in love with was Zelda: Ocarina of Time. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Sorry, nerdy people. But uh, for <laughs> Nintendo 64, did you play that, Tommy? Uh, no, I my video game uh, shelf life ex- ended after like Super Nintendo. After that, I don't. Well, know I can't speak to how much you've really missed out on because like that was kind of where my so I was one system after you, but like I just like love that Zelda game so goddamn much. And it turns out that my dad had purchased the newest or whatever the Wii U Wii U, ugh, uh, whatever. The, like, <laughs> I just like want to make a funny voice every time he purchased like the, that game systems version of zelda and i got into that thing the other day it was great so that's probably wiped about six hours of time it was a, it was a solid <laughs> like 12 hours i took i've taken a couple days uh, off yeah. but anyway um i kind of think that maybe just it, as much as you can recollect like what's a daily routine if you have one look like for you right now and like catch the listeners up on where you are currently in the world yeah, so I'm on Cape Cod. Um, my father has uh, is general resort uh, on the Cape, and so I was very lucky and very fortunate to be able to get one of the units uh, there. Here, I'm here now, um, and so my girlfriend and I are. Uh, we have this wonderful two bedroom little condo with a full kitchen, and uh, you know, it's like it really couldn't have been better. And frankly, I'm having a really good quarantine. Um, Is it bigger than your apartment in Hell's Kitchen? Oh, but it's three times the size (laughs) of my apartment in New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, So we've really gotten comfortable here. Uh, It's going to be tough to go back to the shoebox when we do, whenever that may be. But like, it's kind of like, it's almost like a retreat. Um, I, we are eating super healthy. We exercise all the time. We are, you know, we go for walks around the property. There's today is like a beautiful sunny spring day it's not exactly oh, it's like a beach day or anything but it's weird because you know when i go to sleep at night i think like okay th- one more day we're one step closer to the end of this whatever that means um and then when i wake up in the morning i'm like oh boy here we go another whole long day of god only knows what we're gonna do and voila before you know it it's like bedtime again so i don't know 
yeah. uh, what my days were like in New York. But for some reason, they feel like they're going by just as fast, if not faster, uh, being here. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I don't know if anybody listening does, but um, I keep I, I basically my routine has been um, so I, I really like to cook a lot. It's always been a big hobby and passion of mine. And I, I think that I, I seek a lot of therapy through cooking. And anybody that knows me knows that like when I have days off, uh, if I'm stressed out, I will literally like go to the grocery store first thing of the day and I will plan to cook something that will literally take me all day long. Like I love a long, complicated, like monotonous, crazy cooking project to like take the edge off. It's like my thing. So uh -huh. I have been like Michelin chefing for my family <laughs> this entire time. You actually, you had a good one today. Uh, you had a whole oh, uh, yeah. meal plan prepped uh, for, for something. How did I not even Oof. plan on telling this story? Of course I have to tell this story. So yeah. when I see Michelin chefing, you guys, like I've never been to culinary school. It's what I consider to be. I think I'm great at it. But anyway. So. I think like through osmosis of working in the restaurant oh. industry for so long, you pick up on tricks. Like I don't consider myself a a great chef by any means but i know a lot of techniques and stuff like that when i do cook it's like i like some the all of the uh years of restaurant life just come pouring out of me and i like i know some like little moves and techniques and and you know flavor like, enhancements and things like that that people wouldn't have thought of it's so accurate man because like i've worked with some incredibly talented chefs i pay attention and I asked right. questions and like just yesterday I was peeling ginger with the back of a spoon. Yeah. The spoon. Yeah. That's right. And my, my dad told, was like, why, why would you? And I was, Oh, she's like, I have a peeler. And I was like, girl, no, I was like, mm -mm. this is uh -huh. how you do it. Like, you know, I would have never known that if it weren't for all of my chef friends. So anyway, to bring us up to speed here. So I've been, you know, the first week and a half I was here, I was really excited to be just like planning menus every day, pretty much. And I blew quite a bit of money at the grocery store. I'm not going to lie on like, you know, it's like tonight we're doing a miso cob with soba and like all of these, like, you know, I'm like getting like buying halibut and all of these like kind of like fancy cuts of fish. Cause I'm like, who knows how long we'll be able to get fresh fish. And so then, you know, now that I've calmed down a bit, um, my dad's like, you know, I have a, he is, as all people in the country do, has like a, a giant reach in freezer in the cellar. Yep. Oh, also every, every good, like parent's house has the the big freezer in the, in the garage or in the freezer. Are you cellar, cellar or basement? Um, well, that's funny. I actually say basement, but cellar is much Stella. more of a Massachusetts yeah. word. It's in yeah. the cellar. And it's, uh, for the list for the listeners who aren't from new england it's not um down in the cellar it's down down cellar yeah he's like what yeah. are you doing i got a bunch of meat in the freezer and they're down cellar <laughs> yeah they're down cellar yeah. yeah you just gotta go down cellar <laughs> my and dad grab does it. not talk like that as you guys know but still um many people around here do um so anyhow this is getting a little rambly i did smoke some medical marijuana before we started this chat but uh um, <laughs> full disclosure you know i did not there's just it's everywhere but so um, now I'm planning meals a week in advance. I'm like, okay, so on this night, it's going to be taco night and like blah, blah, blah. My dad's like, oh, he's like, you know, I got this uh, big, beautiful roast down in the freezer. Like we can, we can thaw it out. And I was like, oh, what cut is it? And he's like, you know, I'm not really sure, but uh, you know, the, the, our neighbor has like a meat connection. Don't worry about it. But like the, <laughs> the neighbor had gone to purchase meats for my dad. And he's like, oh no, he said, it's one of the best cuts. It's going to be great. And I'm like, cool. So I'm 
now my dad is telling me like for two straight days, don't forget I'm thawing out that roast. Don't forget I'm thawing out yeah, that roast. The roast. It takes two days to thaw out a frozen solid piece of meat. So he takes it out today, he puts it on the counter and um, I decide, you know, we're going to do like a, a, like red wine, like, like a, like a burgundy gravy with some mushrooms. We're going to do some like roasted garlic mash. I'm going to do some haricot vert. We're going to do like a nice fucking meat and potatoes steak dinner. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All excited. And I also planned it out perfectly because I have um, a very important happy hour, virtual happy hour at seven. So I'm like, all right, dinner's going to be ready right at six. We're going to be good to go. <laughs> I had it timed out to a T. So I'm like prepping everything. I cut all the vegetables. I do all the things. The oven's preheated. Um, and the last thing I'm putting in is the roast because, you know, I have it timed out perfectly. So it'll be ready at six. So I take this fucking thing out of the package and I'm ready to rub it and throw it in the oven. And I'm like, that's really weird. There's a bone through the middle of this roast. And I'm like, what kind of like part of the cow is like a roast cut with a bone, yeah, like with a a bone. roundish yeah, bone straight through it. So I even texted one of the chefs I worked with before and I was like, hey man, just curious. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, it's not really like super red like you'd expect it to be. I'm like, is that because it was frozen? And then I was like, you know what? This is a fucking fork shoulder is what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. 1,000% of pork shoulder. And that takes an extra hour to roast. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I had to push. Yeah, because you want to cook it through, right? And not just have it be like rare on the rare side like you would uh, now I'm, I'm gonna pull it because i don't know what yeah. i'm to do so, that's something like you and i were texting about it earlier and i didn't want to tell you like how to make it but i was like she better be pulling that thing i have to now i mean like uh, yeah. yeah anyway so we're gonna have pulled pork with like a fucking red wine sauce and see how that goes but um anyway that yeah that's that's where i'm at right now I had to push my happy hour back an hour um that was, oh, the things we do. Yeah, but like, you know, thankfully, um, here in Western Massachusetts, the food supply is plentiful. Um, we have the lowest number of confirmed cases of all the counties in Massachusetts where I currently am, which is pretty cool. Um, people are super, super cautious. You know, the, the few times that I do go to the grocery store throughout the week, I try to limit it as much as humanly possible. Uh, you know, I wear gloves, um, where we have hand sanitizer, goddamn everywhere. And, and, and they even have it marked now at the grocery store, the six feet between each person. So that's, been yeah, pretty cool. I noticed that yesterday I was at, um, Shaw's and they, uh, taped off little stand wait here sections for, you know, so you make sure and keep your social distance. Yeah, it's great. I was actually, I was there today and, um, and I'm putting all my stuff up on the belt and I'm like, shit, I wish I got limes for my gin and grapefruits I'm drinking later. And I'm like, oh, well, whatever. And then the guy, the, there's a man behind me who's like probably in his eighties. He was so adorable. He's clearly a farmer. He's wearing, he's wearing overalls. And he was just like, Hey, is that orange juice you got there? And I was like, no, sir, it's grapefruit juice. And he's like, man, I've been trying all week to find orange juice. I can't find it in this damn place. It was, was there any? And I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, it's all the way over there in the other corner of the store. And he's like, oh, man. And I was like, hey, you know what? I was like, I kind of want to grab some limes. I was like, if you don't mind waiting since you're the one behind me, I'll go get your orange juice and then I'll go get my limes. And he's like, you wouldn't mind doing that? And I'm like, I got you, dude. He's like, all right, no pulp. And I was like, word. And I was just like, <laughs> it was like the two opposite sides of the grocery store were where the two things were. And I like hustled through and he was so happy and old. And 
it just felt like a really sweet quarantine apocalyptic grocery store moment. Yeah, nice. Yeah, people are uh, surprisingly like friendly, and I don't know if they're. It's just because we're not in New York, and people are like that anyway. But you know, all the like what you know, granted, very limited. But every interaction I've had with anybody here has been like so positive. I think everybody's just kind of like giving it that like, eh, you know, we're oh all my God. kind of worried but we're not gonna sacrifice our you know being civil I think to just each dawned other on me that like me and that little old man were both so excited to have any human face-to-face interaction with someone that wasn't our immediate family right like <laughs> oh, i was just like a new oh, face okay you're voice. orange juice sir it <laughs> 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 was like my favorite thing i've ever done oh my god we are uh, maybe we are losing it but yeah so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are good here. I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to keep my days filled. I should be exercising more. I'm going to make a point to start getting out at least every day for some sort of walk. Um, and I do also uh, every day that I, I can, I, I do watch Governor Cuomo. It's either at 11 or 1130. If you guys haven't been doing that, it doesn't matter if you're New Yorkers or not. It's yeah, he's pretty it's just badass. Always just like it's not, of course it's not positive because there aren't a ton of positive things to say uh, with this crisis, but it just it for me anyway. It, it his his talks his daily talks just bring me comfort that there's someone out there with some power that knows what the fuck they're doing and like knows what's actually happening. It's just and isn't trying to rush. Yeah. To, like- get the economy back on track so they can get reelected. I've been calling him governor dad. Uh, I'm like, he's, he's, you know, you know, it just feels good knowing that he's like also somewhat in charge. So, uh, that's been, that's, uh, uh-huh. but the, I think the real person who's in charge right now, uh, that we both are really paying the most attention to is none other than the, do Tiger you mean King. Joe exotic Tommy? Do I, do I ever? Okay. So <laughs> everyone, um, I, I, I think that most of the people listening probably have already experienced at least a piece of this thing. I, um, and full yeah, I've only I seen did... three and a half episodes, so I'm, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not done yet, but I can't wait to get you're to the on rest what, of this. You're on four. Uh, I'm like halfway through number okay. four. Yeah. So the rare few people in my life that haven't gotten into Tiger King yet, the thing that I always just send them without spoiling anything about the show is the full music video for Joe Exotic's own um I saw a tiger. Uh-huh. So <laughs> the main character of this thing is also a um a, a you can't really call him a recording artist since it's been proven time and time over that that's not actually him singing. But he essentially like he writes the songs or the lyrics at least and he pays this other country artist to record them. He then lip syncs and very, very poorly fakes playing the guitar in the music videos. But the outfits and the even the subject matter. All the lyrics are his. It's all him doing the lyrics. And um, he Uh also does the production on the music videos, which are full on masterpieces. Everyone that I've seen is just my goodness. I think that I mentioned this to you earlier, uh, and this isn't much of a spoiler. In fact, it's something to look forward to. What nobody's really talking about is that this is a documentary about hair. Oh, big time. The hairstyles in this thing are top notch. And then there's there's one character, once again, without spoiling anything, and for those of you that aren't sure, you're on the fence about watching this, YouTube, I saw a tiger by, by Joe Exotic, 
And if you don't now want to watch at least a part of this this <laughs> this series, then like I don't think you belong here either because this is we are <laughs> we are Joe Exotic people on this podcast. But so um oh my god, where was it? Oh yeah. So there's one character, her name is Carol. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but we see this woman with no less than 15 different hairstyles. And it's so hard, and they never explain which hairstyle is from what date. Did you find that? Confusing? Yeah, like it, it jumps around chronologically a little bit, and uh, you get to see all the looks of Carol. Right, but I'm just like, oh my god! Like now it's brown, now it's big and fluffy, and is it bleach? We're not sure. It's curly now. It's straight. There's bangs. There's no bangs. There's flower crowns. Like, and I just never have any idea. But yeah, all of the hair is completely bonkers. I mean, his hair, the, uh, there's a, you know, there's a sort of B story about, uh, another character and his other family and all of those women's hair oh, are yeah. incredible also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this takes place in Oklahoma, Florida and South Carolina. Um, I mean, like, I think it's okay to maybe spoil like a tiny bit of the early plot, but it's just, it's one of those things kind of like. I felt the same way about abducted in plain sight when I watched it where it's like this thing you, you're like a third of the way in and you're like how is there two thirds left because there's no possible way that this thing can get any crazier and yep. then it's just like it, it, it's just like a like a house of cards that just falls very slowly and just magnificently <laughs> and it's like almost like trippy at some parts because it just doesn't seem like this shit can possibly be real it's been such a great distraction for me um yep. the music the hair the clothes the accents the just the treachery of it all oh my God. the tooth count the what the tooth count. The tooth count. The meth mouth is strong on this one. So um, <laughs> the uh, Joe Exotic has a husband named John, uh, and he has like. Pro oh, that brings me to another thing uh, that I wanted to get out there real quick too. Is that the you know this thing does take place in rural Oklahoma in a really strange setting, surrounded by uh, you know people who are out of jail, ex cons, things like that, and the main character is gay, and that like doesn't seem to be an issue for these people, which That's I think right. is actually a, yeah. a, a great little fact. Yeah, we did want to talk about that. Yeah, so you know this is a seven episode, like fifty ish minutes per episode series, and not you'd think like at least it would even be mentioned, but not one time is there any inclination that anybody in these communities has an issue with this guy being being a a gay gun-toting redneck i don't know maybe the gun-toting right. and the redneck part offsets the gay part for them yeah that's enough to balance it right. out yeah but no i thought I, that's like the well, one weird little sort of silver lining or whatever to like that you know I, like i kept waiting for it or, or and nobody even mentions it like you've got this the guy who's like his number one helper or whatever is like yeah and then uh you know joe met whatever and then they they all got married and we all went to the wedding yeah exactly <laughs> and so now now he's in a, a like, polygamous marriage with two men and everybody's just yeah. like great let's cool yeah let me help make now the back to the tigers <laughs> yeah yeah so that's a really cool positive thing about tiger king i mean like i can think of hundreds of positive things but a lot of them are kind of like tongue-in-cheek so that's a true society like and that that thing was filmed like five years ago too so like 
maybe the filmmakers were just shielding us from it, or maybe it truly is just like a more accepting community than we would assume for the South. And if that's the case, then good for you guys, Oklahoma. Yeah, totally. Also, speaking there of Oklahoma, go. I know I called you out before for not being on our map, but you you guys are there now. So I said, Oklahoma, where the fuck are you? Why aren't you listening? You're listening now. So thanks, Oklahoma. If that person's still listening in Oklahoma, I think it was just one, then like, yo. <laughs> Tell some friends. Thank you for your support. Please email us if you've had any Joe Exotic um, personal encounters or stories. bcdubspot at gmail.com. Um, that goes to anybody, actually. If anybody has had any personal encounters with Joe Exotic, yeah. we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I like. I want to go into Tiger King further, but like, number one, I'm concerned about spoiling it for anybody because I didn't really have anything about it spoiled for me. And having that experience um, without really knowing much going in was a really special thing. And yeah, you got to do this. Uh, you got to go in blind. That's the, the only way to do it. But um, yeah, that's been a really... a like I said, just like a, it was just such a great way to, to get out of my own psyche. Cause I think to, to get on like a real note, like last night actually was like one of the first nights that I, I really kind of had like a, it was like a, I would say two minute mini anxiety, like that was like a little bit tough because I started, my throat started to feel scratchy. And then uh -huh. I was like, you know, I, I had that like two minute, like doom and gloom, like, oh my God, terrified thing. Here it comes. Yeah. yeah. I found that like the more news I ingest, the higher the like psychosomatic symptoms become. Oh, it uh, totally is. I woke up today. I feel absolutely fine. And I've been in quarantine for 16 days, but like, it was just like that, like, oh my God, like, it's just, it's so scary right now. And it's so easy to just let yourself go down that wormhole. Uh, also though, on the other side of that, I found if like yesterday we went to Trader Joe's uh, and then we went to Target was actually open, which I was like, oh my God. And there was nobody in there. It was great. I felt like I won like the Make-A-Wish Foundation or something. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, I found myself kind of forgetting that like how serious it was so i don't know if that's just a result of um you know being in quarantine and and kind of and also being outside of new york oh and, yeah you know just like not having um, it's not in my face uh so to speak right now so uh, i no i i, I know exactly yet, what you're saying kind of like, ah, like because normal well it, not only that but it's enjoyable to leave the house like naturally enjoyable to do that so even though we're not really supposed to we're supposed to be limiting them i have made my trips out as enjoyable as possible for that purpose and i am a new yorker have been for over 10 years i did have periods of time where i had a vehicle in the city but it's not the same like i said i'm from the country like we're talking like, you know, rolling fields and gorgeous sunsets and we're right by a river. So on my way back from the grocery store or wherever it is that I go, when I go somewhere, I've been making a point to take the long, long country, country way home uh -huh. and blast my own music in the car and like scream sing and just <laughs> seriously. That's got to be a sight to see. Oh, it's great. But like, <laughs> you know, I'm cooped up in this house with my family. I realized doing this like last week, the first time I did it and I just kind of did it naturally. And I was just like, oh my God, I haven't listened to my own music, like not in headphones in 
ages. And like, there's just something beautiful about just like blasting your favorite song and just like letting it rip. And like, especially like when you're driving down a country road or whatever it is, but like, that's, that's been really therapeutic for me. Just like also a way to just like, even just being in the car is a great, if you're in a position or a place where you can go for a drive, I think going for a drive by yourself and being in a car is a really great um, isolation yet. Like, I don't know, free. Yeah. It's a little, especially not being out, you know, a lot of people, nobody, well, for the most part that I know of is quarantining alone. So if you're, if you've got family, if you've got, you know, chaos around you, some of the time to get out and get in the car and scream sing, it's probably a great uh, outlet. Feels amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And then there's the other thing you have your girlfriend, I have my family. Um, you know, I have, plenty of friends that are quarantining solo and um i know a lot of them have been struggling and we just we've been doing virtual happy hours as much as possible and just like facetiming and i make sure i check in on everybody but like yeah like i said if anybody's comfortable writing into us and sharing what your quarantine experience has been like with or without other humans in your space and um you know, just what you've been going through. If you want to like email us or even, like I said, come on the show, we are opening this thing up to anybody that wants to talk. So yeah, that offer still stands. Uh, BT dubs pod at gmail.com. Hit us up. We would love to, um, yeah. Uh, hear from anybody. Uh, and obviously you're also welcome to come on with us anytime. Yeah. And a, a big reason we've had a delay in, in episodes, you guys is because getting transitioned over to this call-in format has been pretty tumultuous and we were using a different platform previously that was just glitching out so we did actually record about half an episode with with um an industry an industry friend of mine that's i think going to be really great once we finish it but due to technical difficulties it just wasn't working out so now we've uh we found a platform that is working for us sound quality is probably not fantastic but it is what it is. At least we can, we can pump these things out now. Yeah, exactly. So we just wanted to do a quick little check-in and, uh, and, you know, talk about something a little bit more positive, a little bit, uh, not too heavy. There's enough heavy going on out there. Yes. So, uh, and we didn't really want to get into the state of both the, the, the full picture real world or the, the restaurant world, which of course is our, uh, not only bread and butter, but that's kind of where all of our friends are and all that stuff. So we just wanted to make an episode and, and keep it light and have some fun and, yeah. uh, and then that offer again too. Totally. And you guys, by the way, this, this, um, you know, seesaw that we're, teetering on of, of trying to keep this com- these conversations as light as possible uh we're never ever ever intending to make light of this situation or think that it's any less serious than it is like we're both well aware of it we just like i said i just figured for the purpose of these chats we just want to try to you know let's keep it fun let's keep it loose um but Right. If you want heavy, you can turn on the news. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that'll do it for today. But I just do want to urge anybody like and, and if we have guests on that do want to talk about the more serious side of this, we're absolutely open to that as well. So for sure, once again, open arms, guys, we are inviting anyone who wants to talk to us on the show uh, or off about uh, what they're going through right now. I think it's going to be it could be a useful therapeutic thing for everyone. Um, and that, yeah, yeah. And that being said, don't go away after the theme music. Cause why Tommy? 
Oh, we've got a special treat from Brittany's dad, Bernie, who has become our uh, quarantine go-to special guest. Uh, he's got a great story about, uh, well, you'll, you'll just have to wait yeah, and see. Dad take it. So yeah, more, more dad content for you guys. We'll see you as soon as we can. Thank you for listening. All right. All right. Bone apple tea. Bone apple tea. Uh, well, so to uh, spice things up and uh, bring us back to days gone by, uh, we've got a great segment from Brittany's father, Bernie, who's going to tell us uh, some pretty good times about things that you definitely can't do anymore. Bernie, what you got? Okay, so this is my little rant about the experience of mosquitoes from the 60s to the millennial experience, the millennial mosquitoes. What we grew up with was DDT and melophion, and they used to spray melophion when you went to the to the uh, drive-ins back in the day. At intermission, they'd tell you to close your windows, and they would drive around, and they would spray melophion that would kill ev- everything outside the car. Like mosquitoes oh, yeah, and bugs and stuff. stuff. That but we, we, just, we grew up yeah. with that. As, as, or anybody that didn't buy a ticket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was like a three-pronged uh, attack against mosquitoes, and I think the mosquito lobby has gained more power through the years. And they they have got to outlaw <laughs> things like these. all those mosquito advocate groups out there. I like the idea of the millennial mosquitoes, like they're just the avocado toast. <laughs> eating, they're you know, they're, they're laughing at us while they're sucking our blood. I mean, it's obvious. So, <laughs> so, so when we grew up, they had a three pronged attack against mosquitoes. They used to they used to use DDT, and and everybody had it, and they could use it. And when we were young young boys running around a farmyard. Um, we used to actually chase each other around with these pump sprayers and try to spray each other. We knew it wasn't that healthy for us, so you ran pretty fast when somebody else had the pump sprayer. It was like when you... Spraying each other with DDT. Well, it was diluted, but yes, it was DDT. It was like when, when that one kid in the neighborhood would put something creative into the super soaker, and then everybody goes home like covered in like red Kool-Aid, and everybody's... Yeah. But except right. for oh, there were all those things like in the '90s too with the super soakers, like people putting bleach yeah. in it or like really yeah, deadly stuff. chemicals yeah. that you spray on each other as kids. It's it's fun. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So we all knew that the DDT wasn't really that good for us, but we didn't think it was that harmful. And we were just little kids, and we would get our hands on these sprayers. It was the vaping of the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> like we know it's dangerous, <laughs> but we're gonna do it, it anyway. Seems fun. And and, ch- and chase each other around this 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 farmyard thing we grew up in. So aside from the DDT, they also used to have airplanes um, in in the early summer just dive over any place in town that had a swampy area and they would drop a chemical. I don't know what it was. They would just drop it. (laughs) Tree lines, whatever. You could see them come over and so everywhere that the mosquitoes would breed, they they would drop these chemicals, which kind of eradicated the mosquitoes on, on a large part. They also went up and down the streets with these big spray guns and mellow this this compound melophion came out so they tell you to close your windows and doors and they would drive up and down the streets of the town um, and spraying this stuff and then like from a truck uh, with a tank. it was a it, yes it was a big truck yes and tank and and they did it for years until um, um, some some crazy pregnant woman actually followed the truck and said, "Hey, that's not good for my baby." That and, asshole! How dare she? And and and, 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 and she wrecked part. She, she wrecked part of the mosquito eradication. 
So because so, of that woman trying to make sure her baby she, wasn't mutated I, by this chemical, we now have mosquitoes everywhere. So, so, so as time as time went on, the mosquito lobby gained more and more power. And first, they took away the DDT, then they took away the melathion. Then they stopped them from, from dropping the, the, the stuff on the swamps because the mosquito larvae, when they lay their little eggs, and, and if you've ever seen one, they're pretty strange looking, um, the frogs would eat the mosquito larvae, and that was their main source of, of food. So they didn't... So in order to stop killing the frogs, they had to stop killing... Yeah, the I mean, there was a, the, the frogs survived. They were just very skinny, you know? They... <laughs> <laughs> Which is you a friggin' favorite frog? Exactly. They're ready for bikini season. Exactly. It's summertime. <laughs> so the mosquito lobbyists and the frog lobbyists all aligned, and then now we have the the issue that we have today. And now, now, yeah, now we have obese frogs. And <laughs> mosquitoes. Yes. And and oh, it's, they they yeah. they carry like they they carry like little satchels, and then they put extra blood in it because that's how much they get now. So now out here in the country at night, you either lather yourself down with, with mosquito deet. repellent. I, I drink the DEET when I come deet, up here yeah. in right. the summer. Or, uh -huh. or, or you... How about skin soap? Oh, I hate that shit for lots of reasons. <laughs> that stuff was supposed to be like shampoo and it, like spray First and of all, it doesn't work. It was no. a scam by Avon, and my mother's mother yeah. used to fall for it. And she lived in a lake house and she used to lather me up with that shit. And it's basically just like scented oil. And I would just be like oily uh -huh. and itchy and covered in mosquitoes. Skin so soft is a lie. <laughs> it is bullshit. I can't yeah. believe it's still on the market. I actually looked it up. It still is. Anyway. Oh, it, it is totally is, yeah. guys. Oh, my God. Anyway, side note rant over. But... Yeah. So if it doesn't have a thing called deed in it, does not uh, persuade the mosquitoes not to bite you. Yeah. Every, everything else does not work. I mean, no mosquito would tell you that, I'm sure, because they, they don't want you yeah. to. Oh, no. They, 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 <laughs> the mosquito at the deep. head of the mosquito lobby does not want people to know about DEET. <laughs> they, they, they say, the I, love Heston the mosquito of says, I love DEET, but it does work on them. So out here in the country, what we all, what we did at least, is we have a screened-in porch. So you can sit on your screened-in porch at night in the summertime, and the mosquitoes just, you can actually see them almost mat the screen. And we tease them every now and then. We'll just like, Pick our finger, let a little blood out, and then you know they get a little, 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 <laughs> like, little oh, I can smell that yeah. sweet. So sweet you're blood. psychologically torturing the mosquitoes now. That's your revenge. This brought me back to a memory that I had of uh, when I was a mosquito, and it would like land on your arm and start sucking your blood. You would just like flex really hard, and the mosquito would yeah. like not be able to get its like little uh, hose out of your arm, and it would explode from over. Yeah, you can make them explode. I, we used to do that, too. Uh -huh. You squeeze your arm right around where it's biting you. You can just explode its stupid little yeah, body you right on the spot. Yeah. Rush it with blood. <laughs> so, 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 so anyway. Yeah, the mosquito lobbyists wouldn't be happy about that one. Definitely not. So, so anyway, that, I'll be I'll be hearing from them. That 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 that's my little rant about mosquito. I call I call the mosquito God's biggest mistake because they have no use. In yeah, that used to be his nickname for me. I guess he's yeah. changed it. <laughs> Your name was gonna be mosquito, yeah. but it, it, didn't, it didn't fit on the birth certificate. She, she she never sucked my blood. Probably some money and, and some of my emotional well being at time for time. But you know, I, I did save my blood. But no, I, I, I love Brit. She she she's the great. And so, <laughs> thanks, Dad. You're great too. <laughs> yeah, nice job. Down with mosquitoes and up with chemicals. Thank you. All right, all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you guys ever spray each other with like uh, asbestos or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> like another. We'll save that for another story. <laughs> okay. We'll have all an right, asbestos cool. corner right. next time with Dad. Um, 
I got thanks, Bernie. We got some feedback last time that you guys were really loving the dad content. So as long as you, as long as he's in demand, he's prepared to keep these stories coming. So let us know if you have any questions for dad about growing up in the country in the '60s. Let us know. We'll we can take his brain. <laughs> he just said, "What's left of it after all that DDT?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little more, but right. most of you know, it makes us all interesting. All right, guys. Well, that was Dad Corner. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right.